Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I don't know when you squeak laugh. That's like the brother love pop. It's Tom's squeak laugh. The dog toys, we call it in the business. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people's show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the 27th of April in the year of our Lord 2000. Fragma's Tucker's Miracle is number one in the charts in the UK. Don't remember that one at all. How do you not remember Fragma Toka's Miracle? Don't know the you No. I, I need a miracle. Oh, is that? I oh, need oh, a miracle. right. It's good. <laughs> See, now you say it like that, Tom. <laughs> it's exactly how it sounds, mate. Oh. Uh, Kevin and Perry, very surprisingly, have dethroned Pokemon after one week in the UK box office. I haven't seen Kevin and Perry, but I have seen Pokemon. I'm a cool kid. Uh, Reuters have announced that the PlayStation 2 console will have export controls placed on it by the Trade Ministry of Japan since the PlayStation 2 is sophisticated enough for military applications. Oh, no way! Remember that, Tom? Remember everyone was like, the PlayStation 2 is going to train people how to be in the military and all this? It's, it's like being there... <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. In in the same way that playing Sonic the Hedgehog has taught me how to defeat Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> hey, well, I'm just saying, don't see many Dr. Robotniks around anymore, do you? Exactly. I learned off of the computer game. Yes. And in other news in the UK, some lads in Newcastle upon time attempted to record a podcast <laughs> about last week's episode, and something happened. <laughs> Which was a real shame because it was a really good episode, I thought. But you'll have to take my word for it because something happened. A Tom happened. That's what happened. The, do you ever get that feeling sometimes in the morning whereby you you have like a sixth sense about something and you don't act on it and it ends up crushing your entire day? Right. Most days, yes. Because before I left... This time last week, before I left the house, I saw my laptop charger. And I went, I must put that in my bag because I'm taking my laptop to work today. Then I got distracted doing something else. I was probably just giving Pablo the scritches. <laughs> that sounds rude. And I ended up getting to work going, I didn't put my laptop charger in my bag. It's okay. There should be enough charge on here. Oh, there isn't. Okay. So it's fine. I'll just have to work off um, a work laptop that wasn't available. Another laptop is. That's fine. I'll use that. Record the podcast with Math on that. It should be fine. Long story short, 
um, there is a, a lovely 90-minute recording of just my mic and Matthew very faintly in the background. So basically, it's 90 minutes of me laughing at jokes you can't hear, um, eating a biscuit and slurping my tea, <laughs> and every so often piping up going, yeah, that was good, I like that. And I just thought, you know what, I don't think this is fit for, for consumption. So... And I and and I heard it, and I thought, do I message Matthew now? Because it's like, by the time I figured it out, it was like the day before it was due to go out. I thought, do I tell him? I should tell him. <laughs> I genuinely considered not telling you until very late in the day. Um, so I thought, <laughs> I just thought, I'll just, I'll, I'll tell him once I've got a solution. And that's what I did. So I decided we'll put together a best of, and we'll sell it as that. But we'll be honest and say. There is a lost episode, and it's my fault. I take full responsibility for the lack of podcast. Uh, well, the lack of new podcast last week. You had a best of, you lucky devils. So what's been nice is we put out the best of. This is basically the first thing we put out, and this is something I've wanted to do for a long time, so it's a good excuse to do it, which is a best of the first couple of weeks. So the plan being to over the next year release best ofs the last 10 weeks or whatever so it was just a nice chance for people to relive um the birth of the british bulldog uh test playing the nintendo 64 the the godfather and viscera's dueling hose business (laughs) and our old-timey wrestling commentary oh i forgot about the old-timey that was in there as well. So uh, thank you to those who oh. got in touch and said they enjoyed last week's podcast and we are forgiven. But I will put I my hands up. I have to say, up. Tom, I like the idea of like you doing the podcast and just you reacting to stuff. <laughs> it's like those those Garfield strips about Garfield. Garfield minus Garfield. Yes. Oh, they're dark. They are. They are bleak. They are so bleak. If there's enough demand for it, I'll offer the, the, the audio. The was last week's podcast, which is just like m- me drinking tea and parts of gags. <laughs> if there's enough to you want to be, do you want to be Tom's co-host on SmackDown? <laughs> That's right. Now you can cosplay as Mafu. We know you've all wanted to be there. Have Tom laugh and agree with your hideous point. <laughs> I think Scotland should go to all of Ireland. <laughs> That's a great point, mate. <laughs> Why am I? Why am I a pirate? I'm not good at any That's impressions. That's a great point, mate. Arr, I be Tom. <laughs> Arr, Tom, by the way, is Stuart. <laughs> Justin, get in here, mate. Um, yeah. So um, uh, ho- that's ho- hello. <laughs> hello, it's me. <laughs> It's I hope my bit. I hope my bit recorded all right, Tom. <laughs> it would be really bad if I had audio difficulties. I. Do you know what? I feel. I Tom, feel, I'm thinking. <laughs> you ass. I feel like that scummy mate that goes between his two, two other friends, because math. Because Justin will do Matthew impressions, and you will do Justin impressions, and then when you're all together, I just sit here quietly. <laughs> Yeah, right. You're like, so Justin, what was that joke you made about Matthew the other day? I'm like, what? <laughs> you know what it's like? Because um, I've got three brothers. And what tends to happen is the one brother that isn't there is the one that tends to get the uh, get the grief. So if it's me and my younger brother, older brother, oh, I won't believe what he did. If it's me and my older brother, oh, younger brother, you won't believe what he did. When they're together, it's like, oh, I won't believe what Tom did. It's that, basically. 
Oh, you're the Venn diagram, brother. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, yeah, so long story short, um, no too podcast late. last week. <laughs> yeah, too late for that, isn't it? No podcast last week, no new podcast. That's on me, completely my fault, my botch. Uh, we're here this week and it's working fine, presumably because you can hear it. <laughs> How bad would it be if only my audio recorded this week? And you're like, right, next week, we're going to take what Matthew says from this week and Tom's dialogue from last week. That would be a head trip, wouldn't it? It would be crap, yes. (laughs) But I can assure you, for anybody who's interested in the technical side of things, I'm currently looking at a waveform that is forming both my peaks and troughs and Matthew's peaks and troughs. So there is definitely audio from both parties of the same volume size coming out of the speakers. Ah, that gives you some confidence. And of course, this is just the intro, the prologue, if you will, <laughs> to the Coldaholic Smackdown Classic Review, April 27th, Year of the Law 2000. I am Matthew. You'll be covered that by now with a working microphone. And we're joined our special guest, Tom, who also has a working microphone. So never mind last week, Tom. How were you this week? Special guest. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I am good, thank you, my friend. Um, Pablo, uh, cat update. He's learning how to open cupboards. This is a worry. Oh, no. I got you know, those uh, kid locks? That's what I'm thinking. I might have to invest in a few. I was sent a video 20 minutes before we went live which featured Pablo at home trying to break into the, the cleaning cupboard and doing a pretty good job of doing so for, for a creature that doesn't have thumbs. So um, we have a very clever cat, a clever cat that we may now need to lock out of the cupboards. The thing is, there's nothing in there that he wants. He knows what's in there. He knows it's just boring cleaning stuff. But he just doesn't like doors that are closed. He likes doors that are open. And if he doesn't have access to a door, he gets annoyed. Weird, isn't it? Hmm. I can relate to that. <laughs> Relatable, debatable. <laughs> How are you, more importantly, sir? I'm good. I am in a good mindset. I'm positive. I want to do stuff. I want to be creative. I want to talk crap about wrestling. I want to just be happy. What are you working on creatively? Uh, I bought a candle. Brilliant! <laughs> What's what flavour? Orange. <laughs> Not sure if that's the fruit or the colour, but it is definitely orange. Does it smell like an orange? I haven't lit it yet. I'm waiting for a special occasion. Is it just a boring old orange? Isn't it no, funny that we're talking about being orange. creative and you mention orange? It's just a boring old orange. Maybe to you, but not to me. No fans of Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared of the House. Green is not a creative, creative colour. There we go. <laughs> hey, it's weird. We're in this weird time dial. Um, we're in this weird time warp right now. Obviously, we are because we watched the SmackDown review. But we're recording this a few days ahead of time. And by the time this goes out, the Thunderdome will have been a thing. Yeah, and I don't know I've about read you, that mate. press release. I've read that press release twice now, Tom. I still don't know what it means. <laughs> well, I am excited about the Thunderdome. I have to say, it looks incredibly impressive. It looks like, and a few people have said this online, and I'm going to agree with it. It looks like the virtual stadium from the start of Friday Night SmackDown. 
Oh, okay, right. Along with the news, WWE launched Thunderdome. Better than WrestleMania. Close to 1,000 LED boards will be used to bring fans in the arena for the first time since March. Oh, it's what the football clubs are doing. Get in. <laughs> All right, Tom, should we place bets now on how long it takes before Bin Laden shows up? <laughs> Apparently you can't. They're, they're, very, they're very strict on what... Uh on what's going to go on the webcams, but I can't imagine. Oh. I imagine it's going to be difficult to, to what, police What about that. Bin Laden photoshopped wearing an Adam Cole t-shirt? <laughs> I'm expecting an entire section to be Adam Pajiti's spunky cock dance. And if, oh. that's, if that doesn't happen, I swear to God, I'm going to kick off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that. I think it'd be brilliant. It's pretty much just Pajiti's mentions then. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'm excited. I like for it. it. Uh, I have a few uh, people on Facebook who have messaged me to say that I have been accepted to be in Thunderdome. Woohoo! I'm like, great. Keep an eye on them because they might have some banging content coming up. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear Pachita in the background, so I got thrown out. <laughs> Are you I, talking about me? If I turn my mic down. I don't know whether that helps or not, if I turn my mic down. And another special guest just wandered into the studio, Adam <laughs> Pachiti. He's, yeah. not, he's not even in the studio, he's in the room next door. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> See, this is how Tom is dealing with the issue from last week. He's put the volume up so loud on the microphone that hopefully it'll pick up me in a different postcode <laughs> on my microphone. Basically, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. But on the plus side, where we're recording it this week, we are back with the um, we're back with the soundboard. Remember the soundboard from uh, about ten. I weeks do remember ago. the soundboard. <laughs> can you give us an example of the soundboard? I can indeed. Um, hey, Matthew, um, funny joke. <laughs> So it's called the Hollick's Thunderdome, right? <laughs> We've basically got our own Thunderdome in here now, mate. <laughs> you could call it, you could call it the Blunderdome. Thank you. You could. I'm going to stick with Thunderdull. Speaking of which, Tom. <laughs> somewhere in the podcast where we get sick of talking to one another, we remember that people are going to listen to the Smackdown. Right. Why don't you fill us in with that glorious segment where you let us know what Mr. Davey Meltz has been talking about in the world of wrestling. Thank you very much for uh, getting this back on track. It's much appreciated. <laughs> so we missed a week last week. So just to give you a little uh, heads up on what happened on last week's show. The, the only true noteworthy bit from last week's show, I do believe, is the ECW Championship making an appearance on WWF television. Mm. That's the bit that we talked about last week, which was Taz versus Triple H. Uh, with Taz as the ECW champion, a belt that he won from Mike Awesome in Indianapolis just a couple of days before. And what ended up happening was uh, Taz called out Triple H to a match. They had a match. Uh, Tommy Dreamer invaded, ended up costing Taz the match. Triple H beat the ECW champion. Uh, anything else from last week that was particularly noteworthy? We're just on the road to backlash now. So it was Triple H and The Rock interacting a fair bit. Uh, Triple H stacking the decks against The Rock, going further into it. We believe that Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to be a part of Backlash as well. That was the other revelation. We had Chris Jericho, uh, Phantom winning the WWF Championship last week. It's actually a very noteworthy time for all major championships in all major companies. So we had Chris Jericho's Phantom win last week, where he was the WWF Champion for about 
an hour, I would probably say. Out of interest, Math, are you are you listening via headphones? I am. Are headphones very loud? Are your headphones up very loud? Uh, they don't have a volume. Con- I use the speakers oh. right, 55%. Oh, okay, that's, that's fine, because I was, I was hearing an echo back, but I wasn't sure whether it was just me echoing back. That would be amazing if they're able to come through my head into the microphone. Sometimes it happens if the headphones are particularly loud. Oh, wow, okay. But, uh, I'll pop the microphones down just a bit. Just a touch. I mean, you're still coming there through loud and clear. There we go. Lovely stuff. It's not, like, terrible. It was just a little observation. Anyway, um... So, it's a really noteworthy time for championships. In WCW, we have a new world champion. Matthew, do you remember who won the WCW world title on the 24th of April in the year of our Lord 2000? I don't know, but I've got a 50% chance of getting it right if I guess Jeff Jarrett. Incorrect. It was Diamond Dallas Page. Matthew, in 2000? Yes. Matthew oh. Gregg. Do oh, you, yeah, he was. Yes. Do you know Sorry. who won the WCW Championship on the 25th of April in the year of our oh, Lord 2000? No. Oh, no. I can see the setup coming now around the... <laughs> come around an Uber, around the corner. Uh, and Mr. Star of Scream, Scream 2 and uh, Scream 3, Mr. David Arquette. This was indeed the moment that David Arquette became the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Something that was suggested in a meeting of the minds of World Championship Wrestling as a a half-jokey way to promote Ready to Rumble. A half-jokey way that was actually taken very seriously. Uh, Throughout the years, everybody has denied actually saying these things. Tony Giovanni reckons that Vince Russo said it. Vince Russo swears on my life, bro, that uh, anybody other than he said it, possibly Tony Schiavone insinuated it. Uh, And then they've gone back and forth on saying whether it was a joke, whether they meant it legitimately. Regardless, it happened. It was a thing. David Arquette became the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, The idea, says David Meltzer, and... um, is that WCW believes the publicity about Arquette winning the title will hit mainstream and lead to a ratings boost. Since WWF looks to be changing its world title to Rock and Austin, uh, David Arquette winning the title will get more coverage than Rock and Austin. Okay. Uh, that night, after David Arquette became the WCW champion, and he won it in a tag team match. It was Jeff Jarrett and Eric Bischoff versus DDP and Arquette. And it was Arquette pinning Bischoff via the worm to become the WCW world title. So using using the light heavyweight champion's finisher to win the WCW world heavyweight championship. That's a nice little bit of history there. Uh, Ric Flair advised David Arquette that night to go to the bar and buy all the wrestlers drinks, which David Arquette actually did. And also David Arquette ended up donating all the money he made uh, as a wrestler to the families of Owen Hart and Brian Pillman which I thought was a really lovely gesture too. I thought when you said Ric Flair advised David Arquette before the match, he was going to say something like what Vader told Bret Hart before Survivor Series, like, don't go on your back for longer than three seconds, brother. <laughs> I mean, he might have advised him of that as well. We don't know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Flair's advised him, just, just kick out. <laughs> So David Arquette... Mainstream publicity. That's what they were hoping for. For David Arquette. 
I'm sorry, even in 2000, he was still a mid-carder in the film world at best. Like, get this, the cop from Scream is going to win the title. Oh, okay. The geeky and the geeky <laughs> protagonist from Ready to Rumble is about to become the WCW world champion. The guy who gets eaten by a big spider and eight-legged freaks <laughs> is going to win the title. Look, love him. He's a very entertaining guy um, as his post... I was going to say post-wrestling career, but what have we been talking about? The appearances he's made on the indie scene in the last few years have been amazing. His interviews have been hilarious. But at no time was he a huge mainstream star. I'm sorry. David Arquette, uh, wrestling, wrestling movie coming out soon as well, by the way. Oh, I'll watch that. Yeah. Wait, it beats TDP, reverses time, whatever. But yes, <laughs> uh, I also there's a, a great website called ddtdigest.com which is a fascinating timestamp because it's live reactions and thoughts from WCW fans as all these things are going on. And so Thunder Wednesday, April 26th, I believe it's on a Wednesday to avoid getting killed by SmackDown. And it starts off with, hey, I have a word of warning for this week's show. If you did not watch Thunder or read any of the spoilers, tonight's show has a very disturbing ending. I won't go into details, but trust me, it is scary. (laughs) And it just says, your winner and new WCW world champion. No, I just can't say it. <laughs> you, we get some dubbed in crowd reaction as DDP celebrates with Arquette, despite the fact that, in italics, DDP lost the World Heavyweight title in this match. I can't possibly rate this. And there's just like, paragraphs of, are you kidding me? I'm, I am heavier right now than the new WCW world <laughs> 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 so yes for people who have because Arquette has come out of this over the years Swelling of Roses given the fact that you know hey I'm here to promote something I'm a big wrestling fan he's made appearances on WWE TV since then and gone yeah it's me former WC world champion it's become a joke he's an RA guy whatever it's, it's fine I can't understate how awful and terrible this was at the time as a wrestling fan it wasn't a great look for wrestling was it to be honest yeah, but bro, <laughs> who even remember? Oh, idiot. <laughs> so that was the state of the WCW world title in the year of our good, Lord good word 2000. For it. Uh, meanwhile, over on ECW, let's take a look at Cyberslam 2000, shall we? Yes, let's shall. Let us shall do that right now. Thank you, and please. Uh, so this, this show... Um, I don't think this show is available in many places. It's not. Uh, which is a shame because it is quite a defining show in this final year of ECW. We have Masato Tanaka taking on Two Cold Scorpio in what was apparently Ooh, a very good, good match. Yeah, good little match that. Lance Storm and Dawn Marie facing Nova and Jazz in an intergender match. That happened. That was a thing. Uh, little Guido with Big Sal, beat Super Crazy and Kid Cash. They had a three-way dance that was apparently very well received. We had the New Dangerous Alliance, which is the answer to the joke, can we have the Dangerous Alliance? Mom, we've got the Dangerous Alliance back home. <laughs> uh, this is the combo of Billy Wilde, C.W. Anderson, and Lou E. Dangerously with Electra. Uh, they defeated Danny Doring and Roadkill. Balls Mahoney and New Jack beat the Baldies. Steve Carino beat Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. Yeah, this is during a an ill-fated run for Dusty and ECW. I say ill-fated. Did wonders for Steve Carino. And 
Rhino defeating Yoshihiro Tajiri for the ECW World Television Championship in the finals of a Le Tournament. Um, was it the tournament finals or was this just... Either way, either way. No, I don't think it was the tournament. Actually, you know what? I don't, I don't know. Don't you care. go ahead, Bob. You did a great job. <laughs> in the main event, Taz defeated the World Heavyweight... Cha- Taz defended... In the main event, Taz defended the World Heavyweight Championship against Tommy Dreamer. Dreamer, who interfered on SmackDown this past week. Uh, Dreamer pinned Taz with a sunset flip. Dreamer becoming the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. After the match, they shower Tommy Dreamer with love. They give nothing but respect to Tommy Dreamer. Uh, The wrestlers come out to present him with the belt. He cuts a promo about how much he loves being in ECW. Uh, This is a beautiful moment. Raven and Francine are in the ring celebrating with Tommy Dreamer, their old rival. Out comes Just Incredible with Jason. They attack Dreamer and Raven. And we see Just Incredible throw down the world tag title belt that he had. He challenges Dreamer to an immediate match for the World Heavyweight Championship. Dreamer accepts it. Moments later, Jason distracts the referee. Francine turns on Tommy Dreamer. (gasps) And it allows Just Incredible to hit That's Incredible to become the ECW World Heavyweight Champion. Just Incredible is the ECW champ. Arguably something that's weirder to say than David Arquette won the world title. And then that sets up Cyber Slam Part 2, <laughs> where Just Incredible is beaten by Kevin Smith to set up that hot cameo and Jay and Silent Bob strike back. Yeah, Cyber Slam 2000's had good reviews from people who were there, but for some reason never got properly released, like a lot of last year ECW stuff that WWE has the rights to and have only been drip feeding little bits here I believe the main event after not being released for years is finally watchable on the network but the rest of it I I don't know don't know what the situation is with that but for some reason this big title change thing that was hyped up so well on Smackdown uh, has really been a thing and yeah what what a lovely end to the situation where the ECW champion was in WCW, lost the title to a WWF guy on a house show, arrived at the arena in his tights, left with JJ Dillinger. I don't know what he was going to protect from. He couldn't fight sleep. And, uh, and yeah, and that ends with just incredible as the champion after defeating Tommy Dreamer. Because as we said last week, I'll make it short this time, Heyman was really good at doing the distraction finish. You know, he missed his calling as a sleight-of-hand magician on the side of the street because, really, there's a lot of negative stuff happening with ECW. People are leaving because they're not getting paid and this and that. But there was always a way that he would go, but never mind that. Look at this, you know. WCW, WWF, Taz, awesome, just incredible tribute. Woo, distractions, distractions. So he didn't really realise, oh, it's all falling apart, isn't it? <laughs> it's not a good look when your, your world champion leaves. no. But anyway, don't worry. I'm sure we'll keep it going for at least a uh, another six months. Well, this is the culmination of something that Paul Heyman's had in the works for 18 months, believe it or not, with all this nonsense. <laughs> Leaving to become a commentator for <laughs> Basically, WWF. yeah. 
Uh, from Meltzer, the original plan was for Shane Douglas to hold the ECW title until getting until ECW got a national outlet, and then Just Incredible was going to win the belt then, and this was going to build to Just Incredible versus Rob Van Dam. This was Paul Heyman's big hope for the industry. However, that changed a lot along the way because Douglas got injured a lot. Taz became organically very popular, so the belt went to Taz and not Just Incredible. Uh, then Mike Awesome came along. Again, he, he put Just Incredible on the back burner again, went with Mike Awesome. And then the idea was to have uh, a world champion that he could push as being superior to WWF and WCW guys as champions. And uh, then all of this nonsense happened. And Paul Heyman reverted to his plan from over a year ago, which was to have Just Incredible become the ECW World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, and Heyman, a guy who was phenomenal, like you say, sleight of hand, but also great at accentuating people's positives and hiding the negatives. So only Heyman could fathom a world where you have Just Incredible as this on-fire heel champion with Rob Van Dam doing the chase. He could sell people that dream. And it nearly became a thing. I don't think it'll become a thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting seeing what plans were for ECW and then what they weren't very quickly. Exactly. In the blink of an eye. Get it, get it very quickly before I wrap up this bit, just run through uh, the Super Juniors tournament in Japan. Just because there's a few WCW guys who are heading over there representing. Uh, so the Ooh, best, best of Super Juniors happening, happening on the 19th of May. From WCW, Billy Kidman, Juventud Guerrera and Kid Romeo are going to be in the tournament. What? I know! This is the first I've ever heard of this. Wow. Please, please ignore me and carry on talking. <laughs> also in the tournament will be defending champion Kendo Kashin, uh, Jushin Liger, Koji Kanemoto, uh, Shinjiri Otani, Tatsuhito Takayawa, El Samurai, and Shinya Makabe from Japan. And uh, from New Japan, rather. Also, WCW guys, Kidman, Hubentude, and Kid Romeo. Hamada from Michinoku Pro. Minoru Tanaka. Oh, Hamada. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. And uh, from uh, EMLL, Dr. Wagner Jr. This is a yeah, loaded it's... best of Super Juniors. Good God. What a hell of a tournament this is. Whether or not it happens, we'll find out as weeks go on via the Wrestling Observer. Oh, it does. I've just Googled. Hey! <laughs> I thought you were going to recap it, but yeah, that's Oh, fine. no, no. Well, when we get closer to it, we'll do a full recap of the Best of Super Juniors. But it was announced in this week that WCW will have representation in the Best of Super Juniors this year, and it's uh, Mesters, Kidman, Guerrera, and Romeo. Kid, Romeo, and New Japan. Wow. I know. <laughs> I don't care about SmackDown. I, wow. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I think you've done a good job there presenting the news, and I think we're well into this. Thanks, mate. Why don't we... Oh, what's next? Um, let's have a look at SmackDown, shall uh, we? Shall we? Since we are, like, on the on the edge of glory when it comes to uh, Backlash 2000. Certainly are. This is the last stop before the SS Backlash. That was a horrible metaphor. Bloody hell, Matthew. Anyway, I'm saying all this crap because there's no Monday Night Raw recap. This episode goes straight into the witty woo, witty wee. And don't worry, though, we'll probably have an in-ring recap of what happened on Raw in about five minutes. We're in Charlotte. Yes, she was overpushed even back then. And we're 72 hours away from Backlash. So why not start with Latino Heat and China? And we're told on commentary that he's getting ready for the prom on Sunday because he's just passed his GED. Now, me being a filthy Brit, I had no idea what a GED was 
and automatically assumed that because he's Mexican, that it was some sort of thing he needed for immigration, because that's what WWE has trained me to think. It turns out, for the people who don't know, I'm sure there's Americans going, "Ah, what? But it's the General Educational Development Test. Uh, Essentially, after asking a few nice Americans on my Facebook, it's for people who didn't get their degrees when they were kids, and says it's very normal to get your GED as an adult if you didn't get it as a kid. So, turns out it's a real-life thing. Eddie Guerrero really did pass his GED, and they're simply turning it into a pro-rest thing. The more you know, Tom, eh? So, Eddie Guerrero is looking forward to the prom. So, him and China went clothes shopping on Raw, and apparently China doesn't think much of what he's wearing. I don't know, maybe he should have dressed up as a hammer to give up happy memories. And at Backlash, there'll be the prom celebration. Okay. Uh, there'll also be a match between him and S.A. Rio, so let's see how that works out for them. <laughs> Meanwhile, on Raw, Val Venus took on Eddie Guerrero, and after a Lita crossbody on Mamacita, Venus got the win after the money shot, and then Rio Salita gave him a good kick in afterwards. <laughs> and this sets up tonight's match. Val Venus is teaming up with uh, S.A. Rios to take on Eddie Guerrero in China. You'd think it would be Rios and Lita, but she's greener than goose poo. Shows she's, she's outside making notes. And in this match, Valvinus press slams Eddie Guerrero as suddenly every mid-card or tag team guy that's wrestling Eddie Guerrero is pretending they're Andre the Giant because of Eddie's size. He does it very well, though, and it gives Venus a chance to land that spectacular blue thunder bomb, which I always approved of, even before El Generico turned everyone to a hipster for blue thunder bombs. Venus is easily winning the match, so, of course, he has to tag in S.A. Rios to make things fair for the team. And S.A. gets a wonderful-looking multiple-jump Frankensteiner off the top rope. The crowd explodes. Venus and Rios start hitting double teams. And I'll tell you, Venus and Rios really should have been a tag team after the leader split. Could have got them on the rebound. And then leader distracts the referee, so he misses China's tag. And S.A. nails what I can only describe as the No Mercy 64 Moonsault to win it. <laughs> China nails Venus afterwards so they don't look too bad. And I, Tom, I am speechless at seeing S.A. Rios getting multiple wins. He must be winning at Backlash, right? You'd have thought so, wouldn't you? You'd have thought so. Um, Piped innovation for China brought a smile to my face. That's some Thunderdome stuff right there, that is. (laughs) Um, Not a bad match. I agree. Venus and Rios, a thrown-together team that could have actually been something pretty hot. There's your real Latino heat, Valvinus and S.A. Rios. You've had Latino heat. Well, now, <laughs> Latino meat. <laughs> That's what we call them, Latino meat. See, I put down you here... You just passed your GED. <laughs> I'll give you an STD. <laughs> this is easy, this. I had Mexican footlong down. But... <laughs> They're yours. That's our finish. <laughs> <laughs> South of the border. <laughs> How ex- down where the tuna fish play. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> How exciting, though, to see S.A. Rios getting a shot at the European title. That's right. That's the thing that's happening at Backlash. He speaks Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> Technically a European. Not many Europeans got close to the European title. Yeah. 
There was that one guy, he used to wear jeans. Oh. He was the colour of hot dogs. Um, I forget who he was. Maybe you'll talk up again. Took a lot of Percocet. But never mind that. <laughs> That's right. Never mind that, Tom. Think about previous European champions. The DX Express is here. Yay! Huzzah! People walk off the bus. Yay! <laughs> and we cut to The Rock walking backstage. Yay! <laughs> he didn't get the bus. Yay! <laughs> he got an Uber. Yay! Yay! And that segues into lugs. <laughs> Where think, your lugs at? Yells the announcer. <laughs> uh, on your feet, you doylem. <laughs> Where else are you going to put your lugs? They make a great slack with some cream. And the lugs slam of the week is The Rock trying to people's elbow Benoit and Raw, but Vinnie Mac kicking him in the people's dick. <laughs> Spicy Cajun lugs. Dip the, <laughs> dip the small shoes into the big shoe. Lugs. Put the lotion in saying, the basket. Tom? I'm, just, I'm, I'm just excited by your use of the word doylem. So where your lugs at? Well, they're either going to be on my feet or the lug shop. Foot locker. Have you tried there? It could be on the shelf. Yeah. They could be in the little shoe tidy that you have by the door. They'll be on... Because they've been mentioned on the SmackDown show, they're likely on Zack Ryder's <laughs> I Will Buy Anything to Do With Wrestling podcast where he'll open them and talk about them. <laughs> and then he'll never wear them. You know, Lugs, you know, they're not for ye. You know, <laughs> you know how The Rock got an ovation for walking? Yes. <laughs> I don't know why my brain went here. Do you think he would have got the same ovation had he been pulling up on a bike? <laughs> <laughs> like a little push bike. And just getting off the bike and just walking into the venue. Do you think the crowd would have still gone wild? <laughs> it's just such a funny look for The Rock to be getting off a push bike. With that $500 shirt on. Yeah, fully yes. dressed, fully in sunglasses, everything. But he's just getting off a push bike. The Rock is here. The people's bicycle <laughs> is here. <laughs> The people's bike chain. Click to the, the, the people's lamplight. Oh, enough of this. Yes, I think The Rock at this point could do anything. And I think they should have shown how popular The Rock was by showing him walking, crowd going, yay, and then Rock stopping, and crowd stopped cheering. And then him moving again, yay, and then stopping. And just playing, you know, Mother May I with the crowd. <laughs> Is that a niche reference? Is that what no, you I'm, I'm with it, I'm with it. What's the game called where you you turn around and then people have to walk up to you? Is it What's the Time, Mr. Wolf? That's that's it. But, I, but is it not called Mother May I as well? No, Mother May I is where you go, please, Mother May I, I walk on my knees and then you have to do it on your... It's like, it's like you keep on changing it. Right. I'm not ready for this conversation. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, The Rock is in the ring and it feels way too early for him to be showing up at this point. As we've seen in previous SmackDowns, sometimes The Rock has shown up and the crowd's like, well, I've had my fun. And that's that. But he gets the ring and you know it's a good episode when there's a sign in the crowd that says plainly and proudly, I did a fat chick for these seats. <laughs> Horrible bunch of people, wrestling fans in 2000, aren't they? Ab absolutely. And uh, I hope it was worth it, mate, because they aren't great seats. Uh, Rock went through hell to get this title match, he says. What next? Steel cage match. A lumberjack match. Steph's dirty panties on a pole match. No, nah, I think you want the other brand, mate. All of them show up 
that being DX and Vinnie Mac, who has visible HD grey hairs, which is something that network uh, showed me that I didn't realise before as a kid. Uh, Triple H has kicked the rock's ass so many times, he's getting a bit bored of it. So why don't we wait until Backlash so he can kick his ass one last time? And hey, Rock, you seem tense tonight. You need to relax. We're all going to take the night off and sit back and watch. He steps back now. Road Dog versus Christian. <laughs> oh, and if Edge interferes, the titles will be stripped. And Triple H says, you need to keep your nose out of other people's business. You said it, mate. <laughs> Triple H then says, if there's one thing we don't like, it's people interfering in other people's matches. Which Michael Cole goes, hey, that's what you do. And Lola's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Lola's like, hey, Cole, I need to hit it right on the nail. Yeah, thanks. What do you mean, Michael Cole? Yeah. Anyway, Vinnie Mac gets the mic and tries talking, but the asshole chants are loud. You think Mike Ashley had just walked in. <laughs> and he decides at Backlash, it's not fair enough, so he makes Shane McMahon the guest referee. And he also... Tries to build some tension between The Rock and Austin by reminding Rock of Austin's favourite motto of DTA, don't trust anybody. Why do you think he's ready to help you out? He doesn't say this, but it is worth point. Austin was going to have that match at Survivor Series 99 against The Rock. Just saying. Feels like three years ago now, but that was a thing. And then Rock says, oh yeah? Where have The Rock told you that Austin says he's going to show up tonight? big pop for that and Vince says dad don't be silly he doesn't have the grapefruits and Rock says no 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 I guarantee he's here tonight and we get the classic Vinnie Mac gulp like he's trying to swallow an entire jar of Castrol GTX if you smell a little end great segment here a Triple H worth every penny he's been paid around this time and apparently according to Jim Ross this is roughly around the time when Triple H was get the legendary guaranteed $1 million contract that only The Rock and Austin were making at the time. So Triple H had a pay rise before this? Certainly did. Oh, good lad. Good lad. Do you know what I love about wrestling, more so at this point than any other, is the value, regardless of whether you are a heel or a face, a friend or a foe, the value of a guarantee. <laughs> if the rock, the rock was basically the rock was saying, "Hey, Steve Austin's here tonight," and they're all at the top of the ramp going, "Yeah, all right, mate, whatever." He's not. The moment the rock said, "The rock guarantees it," that's when Vince went pale and gulped. He's like, "Oh, he said guarantee. It must be real." <laughs> I just like the power of a guarantee. It's incredible. Um, I would imagine the rock could walk into a bank. Anywhere in the world at this point and say, The Rock needs to borrow a million dollars, but I'll pay it back next week. And the bank's like, Well, we need to do credit checks and references and stuff, and you need uh, some proof of where you live and all this. And The Rock says, No, The Rock guarantees he'll pay it back. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Um, would you like check or cash? We'll do that now because <laughs> you've said guarantee. So that's all we need from you. Thank you very much. You're right. It's an unbreakable bond. It is, it's isn't it? Like, it's kind of like, as well, it's like, I dare you to do that. Nah, don't be daft. I double dog dare you. <gasps> oh. He double dog dared. Yeah. The Rock, it should be said, one of the reasons why he succeeded so well, not all the things he said were good. You know, sometimes he would be 
low on steam. He'd sometimes just go, you go suck a monkey nipple. And it's like, that's crap. If Roman Reigns said that today, you'd go, oof. But his delivery, you know, he was, it's like, just eat. Just not, no one does better delivery than him. So just the way he's like, the rock, Garen, damn, like that, the, the way, the tone, the delivery, anything. He could say, the rock just lit a bomb and the entire ring is going to explode in three minutes and we're all going to die. Yay, Rocky, yay, we're all going to heaven. You know, he's amazing, the stuff he could get away with selling. So, anywho, that's not what's going to happen next, don't worry. We have to break the rock leaves. Oh, doesn't leave his bicycle, but he definitely leaves. <laughs> and then the DX head head to the bus and find the middle finger foam fingers on the front. And they go, oh, that must be a clue that Austin's nearby. Like the like the why the Elmer Fudd. Aha, the natural the natural habitat of Austin has lots of foam fingers around the place. <laughs> They're still warm. He must be nearby. <laughs> They're gullible sods, aren't they? they Garen Damty, like foam fingers. <laughs> there was a bit before this where the rock drove off. And yeah. Michael Cole said, maybe he's gone to get Stone Cold. <laughs> like if there is one idea funnier than The Rock pulling up on a bike, it's The Rock going to pick up Steve Austin. <laughs> like, the Rock is, like The Rock's driven off. He's like, hey, Stone Cold, I'll be there in five minutes. Oh, okay, I, I've just stood outside Curry's. <laughs> and Steve Austin just getting a lift off of The Rock. Stone Cold, you let The Rock know when you're through departures. Don't, the rock. <laughs> don't, don't message The Rock when you get off the plane because The Rock ain't going to hang out for you. I'm going to wait for you. <laughs> it's just what? funny. But it ain't, that, it ain't that big an airport, Rocky. You know, I can get from... No, no, departures or no, I'm not waiting for you. Hey, 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 Rock. I, I know I say don't trust anybody, you mealy-mouthed bastard, but could you just come and pick me up? <laughs> The Rock remembers what you did to, to The Rock. Always gets awkward when you're in the third person. And The Rock says, fine, as long as you put money in for petrol. Oh, I don't have my money. On me. Oh, right. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Look, I see you. The Rock sees your future. The Rock sees a taxi cab with your name on it. <laughs> anyway, on Sunday Night Heat... <laughs> Uh, Scotty Too Hotty won a three-way dance involving Dean Malenko and Taka Michinoku uh, after pinning Taka. So Dino stretched him with the Texas Cloverleaf afterwards. So it's Dino versus Scotty on SmackDown. Cole says this was originally scheduled for Backlash, but the rivalry is so hot, we're doing it now. Hmm. And to skip ahead, beg your pardon, to skip ahead a few days, this would actually happen at Backlash. So I don't know if there was a change in the, the order or the matches, what was happening, but... Anyway, I'm not going to complain too much because even though it's a bit cruel putting Dimalenko on after a rock promo, I mean, Jesus Christ, that's like that's like eating the entire palmo and then going, don't worry, you've still got that bag of salad to eat. <laughs> uh, it's still amazing watching these two go at it because Scotty Hottie gets to do a proper wrestling that he wouldn't always get the chance to in his tag matches and stuff like that. And he just wrestles like Dean Malenko, like he wouldn't wrestle anybody else. I love this feud and these matches. Not going to recap everything because it's all good wrestling. But the highlight of the match is the worm connecting. And oh my God, is that over? Everyone's standing up and woo, woo, woo. Uh, and thankfully no one in the commentary goes, 
And if he did that to Triple H, he'd be world champion now, or nothing like that. Oh. But the end comes with Scotty attempting a sunset flip over the ropes, and Dino holding the ropes to counter and hold for leverage, and he's the new champion. Sadly, we then move on immediately. No time for that, but we do have time on this podcast to ask Tom what he thought. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. What's nice is uh, I do the uh, the sister podcast of this podcast with Justin Henry on a, on a Saturday. <laughs> the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review. And on there, if you've been following us on there, you'll know that Scott Taylor turns up a fair bit as enhancement. And it's nice to watch that knowing that, hey, he's going he's gonna to do good. He's going to make good. It's going to take a while, but he's going to make good. And it's nice to watch him at the other side of that and see him thriving as a singles guy. It's not the longest of runs as a singles guy, but to see him walking down, matching jacket, matching trousers, matching the light heavyweight championship. Oh, it's a good look. Oh, it's a great look. Mm. And it was probably the... The best things, him and Dimalenko are the best things to happen to the light heavyweight championship. There's, there's been so many fits and starts with that belt, and they're two of the best that, that it happens to. In fact, what I'm going to do right now is I want to pull up a list of the of the light heavyweight champions of the of the of the modern era, quote unquote. Because I'm just curious oh. as to whether it it gets any better. Than those guys. I'm sure it does. There's a few names uh, I can think of. Oh, Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn. Crash Holly. Crash Holly has a run with it, doesn't he? Um, uh, and that's it. <laughs> Not the Cruiserweight Championship, the Light Heavyweight Championship, yeah, light if heavyweight. you are listening. Um, the Light Heavyweight Championship. Well, let's see if we can do it now. So, so let's, Dino retains a backlash, mm-hmm. and then he... Does Dean lose to Crash Holly? Dean has must it. Do. I think, yeah, because Dean has it for about a year. Like, I, I, for, I'm just going to double check oh, that. Yeah. Dean has a hell of a reign with it, his second reign. Yes, he does. So it Jeff goes. Hardy uh, wins it at one point. He, it does. See if you can name. Right, I tell you what, there's only. I'm trying my best. There is only, after Dean, there is one, two, three, four. There's five names. Can you name the five? Okay, oh, that's uh, so Crash Holly, Crash. Dean Malenko, Jeff Hardy. Yeah. You've said one of the other ones already. Well, that's three. Dean, Crash, Jeff. Jeff. Jerry Lynn. Ooh, Jerry Lynn. <laughs> yeah, sorry. And uh, two more. Who was the last one? Well, SA doesn't do it again. He's gone by the end of the year. Um, it's not Gangrel. <laughs> I um, wish it was Gangrel. I'll just, I'll just people who it isn't will be there. It's not Kid Romeo. Um, you know what? I won't delay the podcast, make it any longer than it needs to. Go on, Tom. Who was it? Uh, the two final champions was... Uh, the man who beat Jeff Hardy on June 25th, 2001, X-Pac. Oh, of course. And right. last chance to guess who, who beat X-Pac? Tajiri? It was Tajiri on August the 6th. Yes! They were going to um, combine the light heavyweight and cruiserweight championships at Survivor yes. Series, and then they just decided, nah. Because then X-Pac won it back. And then just held it, and then it was deactivated. Oh, I thought it was lead up to Rob Van Dam when he united all the titles that weren't being used. No, I it was that, and now that didn't happen, did it? This, this forgot. He united the European and the Hardcore with the IC. Yeah, uh, but the the light heavyweight because because there was a few matches on the on that Survivor Series 01, which we'll get to next year, where like the US and the IC were combined, the tag belts were combined, and there was going to be a light heavyweight and a cruiserweight match, but. Uh, X-Pac was unavailable 
for whatever reason, they just said Xbox not wrestling. <laughs> so we're, that, we're not going to do that one. Uh, and then it just. I haven't checked, but I think it was Xbox, are you free? Am I winning? No. And then I'm not free. <laughs> <laughs> Fairly accurate. And then they just sort of adopted the Cruiserweight title as their own the following year. So, yeah, yeah. so the Light Heavyweight Championship, it's a, it's a small but passionate affair that we have with the Light Heavyweight Championship. And- the reason why we say this is because probably the best light heavyweight championship match, or maybe just um, any in that light division match, is coming on Sunday. It is, isn't it? That's the tease. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on immediately from Dino, in the DX Express, Triple H is sat down chilling with his mates, and he gets 316 on his pager, and they laugh. Because, hey, that was a thing that Austin did with The Rock in a good segment. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of Tarantino-esque. And, hey, do you get that? Th- oh, okay, fine. I forget what a pager was, to be honest with you. I never had one. Um, it seems like a thing to remind you to do something. Or somebody would go, hey, can you come over here? And then mobile phones became a thing. And it became a bit redundant. Where you can go, what do you want? Well, I can just ring you and tell you. Yeah, pages were kind of the, the go-between between a, a mobile phone and human interaction and, and yelling oi at someone yeah i've just been paged so i have to call them can beep, they not beep, beep, beep. can we not have a device that that you call from <laughs> well we have yeah. one then why don't we just use that because a pager yeah, <laughs> yeah. N- nailed it tom nailed, nailed it. it because page yes Page here. Uh, Vinnie Mac doubts. <laughs> Vinnie Mac doubts Austin's actually here. It's all a conspiracy. Hmm. Backstage, Crash Holly is sad because he lost the hardcore title. Hardcore reminds him that he'll have his chance to get it this Sunday at Backlash. And just because he's not the champ, can't get a girlfriend, and he still collects beanie babies, doesn't make him any less of a man. Crash says, they were a gift. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think Hardcore Holly doing this is a completely underrated promo or just a crap talker, the highest amount of crap. God, just miserable, miserable Hardcore Holly. It's fantastic. And have you heard the stories Brucey e. P always does in his uh, podcast? He said one time, he rang up, maybe not rang up, asked him like, so Hardcore, I mean, have you got any thoughts? And what you should do, because people submit ideas, you know, like anything we could do with you, any angles you think you'd be interested in, not really doing much of you. And Harko's response was, yeah, you should give me the belt. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and Brucey P went, all right. And then what? And, he went, and then I beat everybody. <laughs> I mean, it's it's accurate. It's like, okay, thanks for your input, Harko <laughs> I love that. Yeah, how about I just beat everybody and I win the world title? How about that, you know? It'd be are great you... for my bank account. I don't care what the company. <laughs> are you tapping something, by the way? Oh, you know what? I was waving my legs around because I was getting excited like a little uh... dog. And it was and it was knocking the cable going from my head, the microphone to the thing. I yes. can, I can, it's just, it sounds like, right now it sounds like somebody... You're is, right. It sounds like the hell in the cell is lowering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't even realise I was doing it. I'm ready for a Hell in a Cell match, mate. Ooh. 
but I am that guy that will like, oh, I'm really excited and happy. I'll just like, my, my legs will vibrate. Oh, mate, I'm, same. I'm, I'm passionate about things that I like, like, you know, hardcore Holly and the possibility of him winning the world title. Also, Beanie Babies. <laughs> uh, my favourite thing, my favourite thing in the whole world is when I'm talking to somebody and they're talking about something that they're passionate about. And it might not be the same thing that I'm passionate about. But when you talk to somebody and they're passionate about something and you watch their whole body light up, it's amazing. It's just so cool. It's the greatest thing. Because we are mere husks that float through space if we are not passionate about stuff. I 100% agree with you, Tom. It's one of the reasons why you're one of my favourite people in the whole world, and I do know a lot of people. Oh, man. Because your passion shows through the things you're doing. And I was having this conversation with somebody the other day about, like, they were talking about something I had no interest in, and it was like, God, that's great. I have no interest in the thing you're talking about if anybody else was talking about it. But the, the, the fact that you're like, you're gesticulating with your hands and you're like, this thing is going to be great. And it's awesome. And I had a friend one time at MAGFest, this is years ago, and he had a shirt about libertarianism. And I was like, I've heard about that, but don't even really know what it is. What is it? And the way this guy sold it to me, I'm like, you know what? You give me lots to think about. And now I'll Google it now and see what people talk about. I'm like, oh, God, no. But, <laughs> But again, you were you were you were sold by the passion of it. Yeah, and it's you know what I think because there's so many people without passion. Mm. Apathy is infectious, and you need to check it and get rid of it at all times. It's just, and hopefully, I, I the people really listening sad. at home. Yeah, the people listening at home, because I get people saying like, "I like your podcast," inspires me to do a podcast, and all this, and that's great. And they do. Somebody sent me another message on the Botch Mini Facebook saying, "Have you got any advice for someone wanting to start this?" And the first thing I said was, "Look, have passion." Have passion. Yeah. Don't get deterred that it's not a huge success, that you're not part of Comrade Thompson's podcast empire or whatever straight away, or you've only got two listeners. Have passion for it and keep at it. Because if there's one thing to grind you down, it's reality. So just keep your passion going, keep your interest in it. And if you don't have passion for it, do like what me and Tom do and just take the piss out the bits. <laughs> you're not that concerned. <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now save 50 percent on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for jd power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Oh, Tom. Tom, Tom, Tom. <laughs> Tommy, Tom, Tom Campbell, Tom. Yes, friend. Drop, drop, drop the Tom shell. Tom. Tom, 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 Tom. This is out of control. 
Tom. Yes, mate. It's it's the package. It's the video package. It's it's Trish Stratus in lingerie, hang out with the tables, and she's being all sexy with the tables. She's talking about the benefits of long tables, round tables, and rubbing them so that they stay hard. It's that one. Mm. Tom, Tom, it's a... Uh, oof, Tom. This was... Tommy, Tommy, Tom. I was 16 years old Tom. when I was watching SummerSlam, watching wrestling at this point. I can't even get my words out. I was 16 years old when I was watching this. And it very much was an awakening. At uh, 36, I've written in my notes, Trish has been sending filthy videos to Bubba Ray of herself frolicking on tables. <laughs> but I remember at 16. I, I know what you're getting at. I remember at 16. And we've all been 16, except if you're 14. Uh, we've all been 16. <laughs> Though when you're, when you're a teenager and, and, and you're going through the, the cruelty that is puberty, the cruelty... For, for, for I'm, I remember my teenage years being cruel because, like most guys that go through puberty, it's, it's when you hit teenage, it's when you hit puberty that you, you realise, I like, I like um, in some cases, the opposite sex. Sometimes it's the same one. For me personally, it was, at six, it was around puberty where I started going, oh, I like girls, I like, I like ladies, I like them, they're nice. At which point my body goes, congratulations, you are now attracted to the opposite sex. Here is your prize. Horrible, greasy skin, horrible, greasy, unmanageable hair, appalling teeth, and a voice that goes up and down at a random notice. <laughs> Good luck with all of that. <laughs> oh, we're also going to chuck in some neuroses about whether people like you or not. Some deep-founded anxiety. <laughs> Have fun with them girls, you cheeky devil. Yeah, that was the thing. <laughs> I went through half of puberty, then puberty kind of stopped in some places, and I'm like, I don't like anybody. It wasn't too much later on in life I realised, you know, seeing some people walk around and going, oh, 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 Santa Claus now, but I was like, okay, fine. So puberty is still an ongoing process. Instead of like one lump of puberty over like a six-month period... And I'm 32 years old and I'm still getting bits of it. It's, it's, it's a weird life I've had. But I'm also happy for the fact that I'm just saying if DFS had these type of adverts, they would need to have a sale every week. They wouldn't have to set the sale would never end. Mm. <laughs> and it's the year of our Lord 2000. The women's title is a literally a prop now on Stephanie McMahon because it's getting a bigger pop and a better reaction around her waist and annoying people than anything any of a female wrestler can do. And here's Trish Stratus... She has the Pamela Anderson look going on, you know, blonde and big and... And, uh, yeah. And this actually has some kind of twisted logic to it because Bubba has been putting women through tables because he's a bad... Sorry, he's a good... Mm, look, the <laughs> yeah, crowd's here. Yeah, it's a with, weird Don't, don't one, think about it too much. <laughs> look, it's, it's wrestling. And Trish is doing this to play mind games with Bubba. She doesn't want to go through that table... And those Bubba really, really has a mad on for her. So she's going to confuse him. And he's going to do that eight-mile stare. And it's like, oh, okay. So it's exploitation <laughs> at its most exploitable. But it's wrestling, so it's great. 
And you know what's better than that? <laughs> you They're using the phrase the eight mile stair is the fa- is my favourite part of that. Often I'll remember bits of expressions and then fill in the gaps myself. You've, you've, you've Ten yards there, isn't it? It's thousand yards there. You confuse thousand Is yards there with Eight Mile, the movie starring Eminem. Yes, that's exactly what I've done. Christ. Lose and yourself better, in Tom. the music, the barbecue. Well, that's what Bubba's doing. Lose yourself in the titties and the tables and the titties and the tables and the tables and the titties. Do you know what? Maybe it is an eight-mile stare then. Maybe you were right from the beginning. Hey, if I'm at a club and it's two in the morning and I've had some fireball and I hear, dun, 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 dun. If you had one opportunity, dun, dun. I'm going to put the exact same face that Bubba has on. You had one shot, one opportunity. To put a woman through a table, yo. <laughs> His palms are sweaty, knees weak, Devon spaghetti. <laughs> and even worse, Tom, I don't know if you noticed this, I'm sure pe- people listening to this at home will, um, to explain myself there, and I said, oh, it's not eight-mile stair, is it? It's ten-yard stair. <laughs> no, Matthew, it's a ten-yard dash. <laughs> I never spotted that. <laughs> measurements, measurements. <laughs> and as Mate, I was saying beforehand, before I ruined everything, you're going, you make... are going the whole 10 metres this week, mate. <laughs> <laughs> He's got that green mile stare. <laughs> oh, no. He was a bad man. <laughs> he he put that lady through a table. Tom Hanks. Anyway. Stop me going to the electric chair. <laughs> Uh, famous line from Green Mile. Yeah, I couldn't think of any of the lines from Green Tom Mile, Hanks. apart from the guy when the guy walks in and goes, "What when the blue f was that?" <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the only way to make this the segment better after Trish and the tables and the tables and the Trish, they're taking on the Hollies. This might be the greatest SmackDown segment <laughs> in the history of SmackDown. <laughs> Everything I like here, and nice pop for the Hollies as well. It's got to be said. But like most TNA matches, it's a backdrop for something way more interesting. And we see the Dudleys watching the match backstage. And I'm sure Devon is such a great guy. He probably would have not complained or just pretended not to notice if Bubba started playing with this. Uh, anyway, in the match, Hagar Holly hits such an amazing drop kick that when he lands, he's in a pinning position on Albert. Did you see this, Tom? That was beautiful. He's so good at the drop kick. I'm, I'm it's crazy. And it's made better. By Michael Cole saying, I don't think Trish is smitten with Bubba. I think it's a ploy. I tell you, Michael Cole, he, he missed his opportunity being a goalkeeper because nothing gets past him. <laughs> Michael Cole at this point is one of those unripened bananas that you buy from Tesco. In the sense that it very much looks like it should, but it's not ready yet. <laughs> yeah. Put them in the oven and wait for them to rise. Eh? Plus, they plus they, they go rotten very quickly. <laughs> What's not rotten is Crush wanting the tag really desperately after Hardcore's done a lot of hard work with that drop kick. He wants the pin, makes the tag, misses a splash of the top rope. Crouch and Elroy at him. It's never going away. Hardcore yells at him. So TNA finish after the test elbow. And they can't even finish Crash Holly without there being a breakup. <laughs> Doomed, doomed from the start. But it doesn't matter, who cares about TNA? The Dudleys show up after the match, they deck TNA with chairs and grab Trish for the powerbomb. Crowd is just 
on fuego, as that guy says. Get the sexy lass, kill the sexy lass. Yeah, violence, PTC can suck it. But as he's about to power bomber, Trish kisses Bubba very passionately. And he changes his mind, puts it down, does the post-come existential stare, and then Albert wakes him up and puts him through a table. <laughs> Ooh. Crowd really wants that good guy Bubba to put that evil woman through a table. I reckon they'll make us pay for it. Like some weird version of... Like, like if OnlyFans... If, like if DFS was on OnlyFans. Oh, oh, I see. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's a strained, strained reference. It was, but... You laugh at my strain references, so I fully support <laughs> yours, Tom. Backstage, Vinnie Mac is worried about Austin, so Vinnie Mac and DX decide the best course of action is to split up. <laughs> Vince sees a big curtain and realizes it could be Austin waiting behind, so he makes sure to like tell Shane, "Oh, let's go left, so we won't bump into anybody." Hey, eh, Shane, and then she's like, "Oh, I see." So he goes, three, two, one, opens a curtain. It's Austin, it's Austin. And Shane punches his head off. Austin's the... Oh, it's Standy. <laughs> oh, they're getting annoyed now. They're getting irked. They've gotten to Tom. Fair play to Shane McMahon, who saw Stone Cold Steve Austin and immediately punched him in the head. Yeah, uh, Shane McMahon is playing a good comedy version of a hard guy because the whole thing is from the, the mean streets of Greenwich. It's funny here. And then 15 years later, he's coming out and going, no, they're, they're really hard, those streets of Greenwich. Like, imagine if Gilbert came back for that big Saudi Arabia push. I mean, he was undefeated for a year and a half as the light heavyweight champion. <laughs> Crash Holly was over 400 pounds, lads. Oh, okay. Elsewhere, Stephanie, who's a bit scared of uh, life right now, bumps into Kurt Hangle who wants to talk Gladiator. She's a bit spooked, so he only gives half the plug. <laughs> He's kind of oblivious, which is kind of endearing. And after they talk, they go, oh, I'll see you later. He, they walk down the hallway, I've heard of it. And Kurt Angle, this round, he goes, woo, with his arms up in the air and scares her again accidentally. I love these bits. These are just the absolute, but the world building we're doing right now with Angle and Stephanie is fantastic. Kurt is Angle subtle. is so great. He's so subtle and so brilliant. Like there was a little line here where he was chatting away uh, to Stephanie and he said, oh, I heard Steve Austin's here. I I'd love to meet him. I'm sure he's a big fan. <laughs> yes, he did. I'm sure Steve Austin is a big fan. <laughs> God, he's so good. He's so good. And the amazing thing is watching Kurt Angle here, knowing that we have barely scratched the surface, barely scratched the surface of what he is capable of. It's so good. Survivor Series 99, right? So it's the first half of a year of his first year. And it feels like the show wouldn't be right without him there. Right. Amazing. Anyway, Chris Jericho... He's going to be teaming with Taz, no longer the ECW champion, against Benoit and Sutton. Benoit, no longer the WCW world champion. Benoit uses his IC title to hit Taz halfway through the match and then kicks it out the ring in a nice moment. That then echoes into the backlash match, but we'll see that when we get to it. The rest of the match was good, but I was so sad at seeing Taz get treated by Benoit, how Val Venus was treating Eddie, that I haven't done many notes. I'll just say Jericho wins via Lion Salt. And Benoit, I don't know, maybe Jericho and Benoit have some chemistry together at Backlash. 
Who knows, Tom? Who, who knows, mate? Who knows? Yay, Chris Jericho, who through dubious circumstances was recently WWF champion. You had Taz, who through dubious circumstances was recently ECW champion. Chris Benoit, who started the year through dubious circumstances was the WCW champion. And Perry Saturn, <laughs> who is there, who could have yes. been all, th- who could have been all three. He could have held the triple crown. He could have been Pope. <laughs> he could have been Pope Ted. It's not what you know, it's who you know. <laughs> They've got it all tied up, Ted. Uh, Father Ted reference, you're welcome. Uh, backstage, Shane McMahon sees beer cans on the floor outside of a room and decides, well, Austin must be in there, drinking them and then opening the door to roll them right next to the door. Outside. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, on three, Triple H... One, two, three. He runs in the room and he trips over an entire floor full of empty beer cans. Shane is upset at getting covered in booze and leaves. And that was a lot of empty beer cans for a 30-second bit, wasn't it, Tom? Certainly was a lot of beer cans. I'd imagine it's just a quiet afternoon for Steve Austin. Oh, oh, oh. that wacky drunk. (laughs) Road Dog, the evil DX member, comes out to a booming reaction, as always, to have this fast-paced match with Christian, because ENC had surprisingly good chemistry with Road Dog, who didn't always get a chance to show off what he could do, given the fact they made a career out of saying some stuff on the microphone. Anyway, never good match. The best bit, though, he beats Christian with the stretch Armstrong, and I think Michael Cole forgot that was his finisher, because how often does he see Road Dog in a singles match, and is surprised when he gets the pin. He's like, oh, oh, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, that's his finisher. <laughs> He even he oh, seems yeah, surprised. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh yeah, Stretch Armstrong, right, yeah. And afterwards, Road Dog mauls Christian, there's a pun there, and attacks the referee, and that's a very undog thing to do. And referee is so pissed off, he reverses the decision. I hate that. Boo. But at least they're doing something to build up hype for the tag team title match at uh, Backlash. What did you think, Tom? Fun match. It's all right. Did the job. Serviceable. Stretch Armstrong. Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> Backstage, Tori hears Austin's theme going from another tiny room. Uh, it's actually not Austin's theme, it's his theme from the WWF Aggression CD, now available at Best Buy. And Triple H hears it as well, so they bum rush the room, but it's a WWF boombox playing the WWF Aggression CD, now available at MVC. Triple H slams the boombox to the floor and four big-ass batteries fall out. The days before they charged the ones there. They were effing huge. They were almost as big as the beer cans that Shane McMahon was falling over. So was this just a blatant plug for the WWF CD and for JVC Kaboom Box? It was a cheap plug for WWF Aggression, now available at Virgin Megastores, and WF Boombox, now available at Index. It felt very much like a cheap plug. It felt very much like a way of just shoehorning in uh, a little sponsor tag. We've teamed up with Audible, and we are giving you a free audiobook of your choosing. Go to cultaholic.com forward slash Audible. Pick one right now, including uh, Death Clutch, which is the Brock Lesnar story, and how Brock Lesnar fought back from diverticulitis to have one of the most standout careers in wrestling and UFC. His amazing story is yours right now to own for free on us. Also, if you want something a bit more classic, 
cannot recommend enough Death uh, Eggshells, the history of wrestling in the Tokyo Dome by Chris Charlton, one of the greatest minds of New Japan Pro Wrestling and Japanese Pure Resu in general, uh, written all about wrestling in the Tokyo Dome. Any of those, plenty more to choose from. Get a 30-day, no-commitment subscription to Audible. Get the book you want from us. And even if you don't want to keep Audible, it's fine. You can cancel anytime you want and you keep the book. You're very welcome. Coltaholic.com forward slash Audible. And there is something about that JVC Kaboom box and how they put it in. And they just so subtly dropped it in that you can imagine they sold a few more because it was so subtle the way they dropped it in. Same with the CD. Yes. And I'd like to thank Tom again for not <laughs> giving me any warning or preempting. <laughs> But then I heard him say it. I'm like, oh, oh, right, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll stare at the wall. Eggshells egg is very good, by the way. I like that you nearly said death eggshells. Death eggshells. I've been playing a lot of Sonic the Hedgehog lately. <laughs> I was going to say bloody Robotnik. <laughs> Up and off to that, Robotnarg. Sarnarg the Hartarg. Kurt Angle is here. And he just wants to clarify, he doesn't hate Big Show. He's just upset at seeing him waste all that talent. Is Kurt Angle the bad guy? Discussion <laughs> at 11. Anyway, tonight we have an interesting match. It's Big Show and Rikishi. Well, the little thing last week where they were teaming up and dancing and then turning each other, then kind of being like, ah, we're both fat, let's be friends. And they're taking on Kurt Angle and Bossman and Buchanan. And I'm unsure if this counts as a handicap match or not, to be honest with you. But it doesn't matter because the highlight of the match is Cole and Lawler debating if Austin is here or not. Cole says, what about the 316 pager and the beer cans and the WF Aggression CD now available at Woolworths? And Joe Lawler says, well, the California Panthers are here, so that explains the beer cans. <laughs> that was a good line. Uh, Kishi gets dumped outside early, so show has to overcome triple teams. He does this very easily, so he must be impersonating The Rock this week. But um, <laughs> Hang on, Bobby. hang on. Did you want your rim shot? Oh, go on, go on. Did you he want must it? be impersonating The Rock this week. Bull Buchanan takes his deep face and gets choke slammed as he's getting the Taz style, we're pushing you by having you lose every time you're on TV push. Kurt Angle interrupts the post-match dance between the two, massive booze, so the APA run them off. And it was the less time in the ring, the bigger the pop for the APA. So for 30 seconds work, they get some of the biggest cheers of the night. And then Big Show and Rikishi dance. Yay. This is the birth of Shokishi. Was that a thing? Yeah, Shokishi became a thing. Oh. Seriously, this I is, don't this remember is, that. Rikishi and Shokishi become a tag team. Oh, I guess yes. If Scotty Hottie is doing his thing with Dean, Sex A is injured. Yeah, okay, mate, so we're going to see a lot of Shokishi. So get get it gets worse as well. <laughs> oh yay! <laughs> Speaking of getting worse, backstage Shane and Triple H. See a dude dressed like Steve Austin when he was going through that Hunter stage. So they attack him. And then he realises it isn't him. Shane goes, who are you? I work here. You're fired. <laughs> like, okay, lads, enough Austin bits. We, we get it. The, the bucket's getting empty now. We, we can see the bottom of it. Um, but unrelated to that and buckets, Castrol GTX, great on toast. And it's everyone brawling to try to win the hardcore title on Raw, including inexplicably the Hardys, who I think would be above this by now, and Saturn and Taz, who were looking like they were going to get a singles match on the pay-per-view. 
It's all just been merged into one giant hardcore thing. Eh, whatever. More on that later. But backstage, Al Snow tries to reconcile with Steve Blackman. Al Snow, by the way, is still wearing his Tracy Smothers shirt, the uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling thug. And I can't remember how the feeling... I'll have to try and find it. I think I say this every time I bring it up, but it's like, T is for torture, H is for hugs, U is for underworld, and J is for jail because a thug can't spell. <laughs> that's, that's the joke. Something like that. Very good. Anyway, Blackman says, how can he take Al seriously when he's having people come out uh, with them dress up as a pimp and a bunny every week? And also, Al Snow's talking to a head. It's over. Rip. It's like and that might be the end of head cheese, and it's punctuated just by Michael Cole going, "He's got a point," Aww. and that might be it for for head cheese. I, I can't remember what happened after WrestleMania 2000, but it just goes to show how effing terrible, or how badly received, I should say, that one tag match at WrestleMania 2000 was. That it's completely derailed the, the healthy push these guys were getting. It's so sad. It's so sad. Because uh, it's like it's like we can only have one makeshift tag team at a time. Because Rikishi and Big Show, literally in the segment before this, formed a a group, and now we've lost these two. It's very sad. I'm, I don't know about you. I am. I I don't think I was bothered about them until I realised they weren't going to be part of our lives anymore. Yeah, I mean the the crap skits backstage. Ah, whatever. You can go but- take them. But just the chemistry of Steve Blackman looking miserable and stoic and Al Snow being an idiot and the crowd loving the fact that chanting head cheese cheered up Al and annoyed Steve was great. And it's just the way they end it backstage with a promo. Like, just let's get this done. Like, there's no blow-off. Like, even Godfather and D'Lo got a a breakup on screen. Like, they didn't even get that. Yeah, they got the Rybaxel. Yeah, they did. Uh... Pull one out. Pour one out for head cheese. Jesus. Carry on, mate. <laughs> I can't after that. Leave the memories alone. No, no, no this is the wrong time period, Tom. What they need for this is it's a beautiful day. <laughs> with you now they need anything by system of a down <laughs> what do i feel what do i say i on out of the way carry on mate <laughs> next up matt hardy versus jeff hardy yay where did this come from matt hardy's the champion which the castrol gtx didn't clarify but it's still good on bread and Matt gets sent in the bin lid in the corner early on, and then it's going balls out with the short time that they have. Sabu-style broom leg drop gets two for Jeff. Jeff gets shoved in a tree of woe in the bin, but the drop kick isn't very convincing, so Matt follows up with a moonsault to smush the bin. <laughs> then Perry Sutton and Hardcore Holly and others continue to show up as Jeff decides to leapfrog off the top rope and over a ladder to smash Matt. It gets two. Jeff goes for Swanton off the ladder, Matt uses a fire extinguisher and then pushes Jeff off onto Taz and the other crash mats because if you're going to aim for someone to land on, Taz is absolutely the best person to do so. Uh, Matt then dives with a kind of crossbody, but no one's looking, so he kind of hits Perry and everyone just moves on. 
bit. And everyone brawls at ringside, leaving Crash Holly open to hit Jeff with a bin lid to win his title back. Big pop for that. I had no memory of this match whatsoever, and I was very surprised that they did a lot in a short space of time. It is just a backdrop for the Backlash match, but it was very good for what it was. Tom? Hyster- historically and hysterically, uh, yeah. Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy have always had very average to terrible matches against one another. It's yes, weird how they are such a great tag team, but put them one-on-one, and for whatever reason, it's like having two batteries, and you face them, but you have both positive sides of the battery, and you watch as they just deflect off each other. It's like that. This is one of the better matches they had. It was just uh, yeah. high-octane, hardcore nonsense, uh, near-fall heavy. It was nice. It was fun. One of the better matches that Matt versus Jeff one of the better Matt versus Jeff encounters, rather. Yeah, if every match they'd ever had had Crash Holly coming in and beating one of them, it'd be much higher <laughs> That'd be fine. Ratings. Michael Lockwood fixed that. Exactly. Rest in peace, Michael Lockwood. R.I.P. Crash. And backstage, I hope you're ready for more wacky Austin shenanigans. And remember those episodes in late 99 when Austin couldn't wrestle or do anything? So he was just doing stuff backstage to make up for it. Like he was hunting DX at one time and he had like the big net fall on road dog. And he was implying that he was going to shoot them all like they were deer. Yes. I think this is like this. <laughs> a guy says there's a delivery for him. For Vince McMahon, I should say. Vince McMahon checks. He thinks it might be one of those sneak attacks from that little Austin chap. And it's concrete. And he says, yes, it's concrete. And apparently you know, it says about it's going to go in your Corvette. Remember that one Corvette skit where he rolled up and bought concrete in your Corvette? And, like, I the, the remember. Uh, no, no, no. This is the guy talking to Vinnie Mac and also the oh. camera. And also <laughs> Vinnie Mac going, my Corvette, my Corvette. You mean Austin, that co- co- concrete, the best of Austin, volume three. And then Michael Cole like, goes, Smith. hey, Stone Cold did that once to Vince McMahon's car. Hey, kids, remember Stone Cold? Uh, Vince tells him to go to hell once there's been enough exposition. Uh, he says, no more concrete, and the crowd goes, no more bloody Steve Austin bits backstage. <laughs> so back from break, we immediately go to JR talking for another Austin segment, and he says he, he's on the phone to someone. He says he's looking forward to seeing someone at Backlash. It's been a while, not seen them. Vincent Man, of course, hears this and goes, is it Austin? Is it Austin? And threatens to beat up Jim Ross, and Jim Ross goes, no, it's my cousin. And it's just like, oh. <laughs> it, and it's- there's a little note here that says, whenever Austin's not on screen, everyone should be going, where's Austin? (laughs) Where's Austin? And maybe I'm being cynical, Tom, because obviously I know Backlash is coming up and he is there. Maybe I've been a lot more excited for it if it was, like, live and I'm like, Austin, oh, false alarm. Oh, it's Austin this day. Oh, no, not this time. Maybe next segment. But I'm like, Jesus, enough already. Yeah, you beat it over the head. Like, there's enough of this. You know, variety and all that. And uh, Blackman is taking on Godfather up next. Why not? I think we're running uh, short on time. Lawler starts off the match by calling out Blackman's lack of charisma, which you could do when he had Al Snow. Now he doesn't have Al Snow. It's a bit sad. Uh, crowd gets distracted by something off camera, and no matter of fake crowd pop can hide, the f- hide all the fans looking off camera to the right at something more interesting than a Steve Blackman singles match. Anyway, Al Snow dresses up dressed as Steve Blackman and twats the Godfather, so he loses via DQ. And we get all of three seconds focus on Al Snow dressed as Steve Blackman before we quickly move on. So thanks for putting in all that effort, Al. (laughs) 
this was very quick and pacey and done. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking and, of and done, again, and again it's, it's uh, yeah. I mean, if this builds, if this builds to Godfather and Steve Blackman versus Al Snow and D'Lo Brown, then that ties in some some loose ends quite nicely. But I don't think it will. Yeah, and you know how New Jack and Cronus came together from the gangsters to the Eliminators to be the Gangsternators? Yes. Does that mean D'Lo Brown and... Oh, they never have a tag name name. Uh, oh, Cheese. Cheese Father. Oh. <laughs> Pimp Cheese. <laughs> oh, God. You know what? That's one of those names where if you hear it once, you think it's stupid. But if you hear, like, New Tag Team Champions... Pimp cheese, you're like yes. And if you and if you mishear it, it sounds like Kamala's manager. <laughs> Into the ring by pimp cheese. <laughs> uh. <laughs> backstage, don't worry, it's kind of the last backstage bit we've lost <laughs> until the main main event. Uh, the DX guys are in their little locker room backstage bit, whatever it is defined as, and they hear a rattling noise. Now, normally, if you hear a rattling noise and it's under someone's coat, you'd think, oh, it's my phone on vibrate. Especially if this is the year of our Lord 2000, it's probably going to be Felix the Cat. You know, however, it's not a phone. And Austin is kind of around. It's kind of omnipotent. He's the redneck Freddy Krueger in this episode. So under Vince's coat, a rattling noise. Super cool Shane goes, ah, it's probably Millhouse. Pulls off the jacket <laughs> to reveal what else? A rattlesnake. He got the dud. Yeah. A rattlesnake drinking a beer, wearing a waistcoat, <laughs> teaming up with Brian Pillman in 1992. Say- what does this mean, King? <laughs> Saying Steve Austin's in the next segment, bucko. <laughs> Wait a minute. I speak, I speak parcel tongue. He just says, I'm going to come for your Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> you jackass. <laughs> He said it's something about the bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> Monday Night Quill. Sorry, okay. <laughs> A truly ambiguous statement here on SmackDown. And The Rock returns to the arena. I'm there just thinking. There is no Steve Austin in the buck. Right. <laughs> had, I'm beginning to think that maybe The Rock had to go and pick Steve Austin up. Because he brought so much crap with him <laughs> to SmackDown. Like, 300 cans of beer, a Steve Austin standee, friggin' snake. (laughs) He was on on his... The Rock rock pulled up at the airport, and there's Steve Austin with, like, a suitcase and just all this crap. And The Rock's like, oh, The Rock's up. (laughs) The Rock's got his weightlifting gear in the back. You're going to have to put it in the boot. It's just there's no room in the boot. I've just I've got this multi bag of quavers earlier and I don't know where to put it. <laughs> Steve Austin trying to put all this I bought all this stuff to have fun with tonight. <laughs> How did you get it on the plane? Never mind that. <laughs> yeah, that's why the rocks only showed up now. He had to take two trips. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, Tom, the Riddler doesn't leave as many clues for Batman <laughs> as Austin has left for Vince tonight. Steve Austin, for somebody who is <laughs> Somebody who prides himself on just being no frills, black pads, black boots, black knee pads, walk out, wrestle. <laughs> Very elaborate with his with leaving clues around. Yeah. That the commando scene where he's ready to kill everybody, he's putting on like, get a grenade, guns, 
the only other person cool. that made this much that made this much effort to to, to upset the villains in television is his um kevin McAllister from home alone who <laughs> uh. <laughs> just like so I, therefore i want there to be like a bit of smackdown that was cut out which features steve austin with a big map of the arena planning everything out <laughs> whilst ordering pizza pretending there's a party <laughs> I bet the rock regrets coming to work on his bike. <laughs> Imagine if you picked up Austin at the airport and say, "What's this? It's the rock's bike. It's the people's bicycle. <laughs> the people's strike. I'll give you a piggyback." <laughs> and the rock, the rock drives him into the arena to a standing Austin ain't, Austin ain't getting no damn piggyback. Well, what do you suggest then? We get a tandem bicycle. <laughs> Oh, see, I'm going to sit in the basket, and that's the bottom line. I'm going to drive this son bitch. <laughs> you can be my, my rear driver, whatever the hell they call it. <laughs> rear driver. You, you can be my anything. I love the idea of Austin and the Rock on a tandem. Call me Al. <laughs> the WrestleMania X7 tandem, but whatever. Oh, uh, so we're much- coming to a conclusion now. Aww. Smack of the night brought to you by Milk. A thing you can actually consume, so who Milk, cares? put it on your feet. Milk. Milk comes free with a copy of WWF Aggression, <laughs> now available from, name a shop that's dead. Um, Tandy. Double H Smith's in a th- few months. We've teamed up with Got Milk to give you a free pint of milk on us here at Cultaholic. <laughs> Order your favourite right. milk. And if you don't want it, you can cancel, but you keep the milk. <laughs> That's right. And this offer expires in about three or four days, depending on where you put it. <laughs> it's a crack on. <laughs> Make sure you get milk shells all about... Um, <laughs> all wrestling in milk. All the wrestling, wrestling matches. Milk. <laughs> and, of course, from under the milk, which is Jim Ross and his time That's right. with milk. <laughs> yes, yes, there is enough for a book. Why do you ask? And <laughs> the milk moment of the night is Vince's gulp. He must be drinking milk <laughs> be from Doctor from Doctor Saharian. <laughs> anyway, the main event is DX in the ring and Triple H. Tra la 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 la. I love it when you squeak laugh. <laughs> That's like the brother love pop. It's Tom's squeak laugh. <laughs> the dog toys, we call it in the business. It is the mutley, as it's been called. Uh, I've been told before that my laugh sounds like a car breaking very quickly. Oh, that's good. <laughs> okay, and there it is again. Oh, carry on, oh sorry about that. Don't do that on the test, mate. Main event is DX in the ring. (laughs) (laughs) He said test. (laughs) Steph, why are my stats lower than yours on No Mercy? (laughs) Why are my my stats lower than Pete Gass? (laughs) (laughs) How I'm lower than Tiger Jeet Singh. <laughs> He's not even in the game. 
Right. The guy who was dressed as Austin earlier than me. <laughs> He's got better stuff. I'm talking to myself. He's talking to himself now. Because Tess, Tess not talking to him. Tess, was there a creator wrestler of you for attitude? Albert, don't talk to me. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. If not at work, I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, he only he only talks to him about work stuff. So he goes, Albert, do you want to uh, <laughs> do, you, do you want to play Karate Fighters? <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, I'll put a test. <laughs> Albert, uh, what? This better be about work. I'm punching. <laughs> it's better be about work. Uh, tonight we should take on the Hollies. Okay, this is good. I like this. In a tag team match. Okay, I like this. You can be Mario and Luigi, <laughs> and they can be uh, a Peach and Bows. Where are you going, Albert? Come back, Albert. <laughs> I like how reluctant he is to fly. <laughs> I'll let you be odd job. That's a different game. Oh. <laughs> Albert, do you want Albert, to, do Albert, you... seriously, Albert, I've got a question. What? My nose is broken and bleeding, and I walked into a room. <laughs> Albert, I've got a question. What? Is it is it work based? Yeah, it's work based. Okay, what is it? Um, who's better? Ricky Winterbourne or Dion Blaster in 1080? <laughs> oh, but don't leave me. Oh, You're my bicycle ride to the airport. <laughs> the Rock's gone to pick up Austin and all his crap. <laughs> he said he'd bring me a memory pack. Because <laughs> they're cheaper oh, at the airport. Why do you think... <laughs> Oh, but why would Trish talk to me? Is it the fact of my horrible personality? Or is it the fact that I'm not a table? <laughs> or is it the fact that <laughs> instead of buying Super Mario 64, I bought, I bought Beetle Adventure Racing? <laughs> I thought John Lennon was going to be in it. <laughs> I, thought, I thought there's a four-player mode on Beetle Adventure Racing. I thought, imagine all the people. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> oh, Albert, don't look at me like that. Don't be a blue meanie. <laughs> and someone walks in the room and he's like, Test, why are you practicing conversations with Albert? <laughs> oh, he's like, we talked to Albert. It's just, he's, he's just drawn a bold man on a, on a very plain wall. <laughs> no, no, he's drawn two dots for eyes on his hand. <laughs> And even that won't talk to <laughs> Tess has created a character that he can talk to. And that, <laughs> that hates what him. Is, what is the hand, my hand version of Prince Albert, have better stats than me on No Mercy? <laughs> talk to the hand, because no one's listening. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't matter, I'm just going to sit here and play Gomon. Oh, it's a one-player mode. Play, oh, I like it. I'm going to play Wet Tricks. Oh. <laughs> Triple H in the ring. 
Demands Austin, come down right now. And if he's not here, he must be a chicken bleep. I assume the bleep is milk. <laughs> I think it's lugs. <laughs> that's not a curse word, that's a good word. So he turns his attention to Rock. He said, you should take the night off? I lied. Rock comes out and laughs to the man's panicking all night. And Rock doesn't look like Austin. This looks like Austin. This is the new Buchanan. This is an art attack. That was a good bit, actually, when the, when, uh, the, the Rock said, the Rock isn't stone cold. He, this is stone <laughs> that cold. That was it. That's all he said. <laughs> this is this isn't a stone cold. <laughs> this isn't a stone cold. This is stone cold. Wooga, wooga. And it's Austin on the Titan Tron. And he makes it clear which side he's on. Uh, the rocks. No, he's out. Like, so, does he? He says, he says, oh. and I paraphrase, people are asking me all night, am I on Triple H's side? Am I on the rock side? I'm on the same side I've always been on, and that's mine. Yeah, but the fact that the rock introduced him meant like, well, yeah. I still think it, Steve Austin's yeah, like, I mean, yeah, you're right. Uh, kind I'll of. Because like, he's got, he's got uh, history. Oh, no, but wait a minute. It's redundant anyway, because, yeah, he may have said that, like, I'm on my own side, that, yeah, be on the rock side, mate. Because seconds later, he unveils the next WWF playset for kids. <laughs> Austin Deconstruction. And it is has a name on it on the side in case you thought he just took a giant crane and just thought, you know what, this looks good. And I've put him, he uses a thing because I wasn't quite sure what the hell happens here. Um, so my mind works. I'm like, is this an actual deconstruction thing where you drop big weights onto other things? And that someone on Facebook said, no, it's just a crane with a big weight on it that he's pressed down Okay, so he uses the Austin crane to explode the DX Express. Damn it, must have been all those beer cans that he left inside the DX Express because this thing goes up in on fuego, whatever. It 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 and it's like speed. It? <laughs> and it just that goes. should hopefully clarify that he may be with the Rock, he might be Triple H, he definitely hates buses. <laughs> And that is the lead-up to Backlash 2000. But he, he wasn't going to drop that on the Rock's bicycle, was he? Because that's his lift to the airport. He should have done the, the Express, <laughs> then done the bike and be like, that was a bit anticlimactic. <laughs> the bicycle explodes. <laughs> With my Austin deconstruction device crane for kids. Like, what? Buy it now. It's a crane. <laughs> Crane going down. What are you on about? No, it's Austin. Austin deconstruction. It says it. I wrote it in pen. <laughs> Austin deconstruction. Anyway, uh, what were your thoughts on this last bit, Tom? Oh, it's iconic, isn't it? The, the explosion of the Lex. I mean, the DX Express. <laughs> that <laughs> bus finally being flipping decommissioned. Uh, it was it's an iconic moment, and and the the place goes wild when Steve Austin turns up on the screen. And what Thank a time you. that we live in, whereby you could have this episode of SmackDown before the pay per view, and you announce on the night Stone Cold Steve Austin's here, and you do a segment with Stone Cold Steve Austin on the night. Nowadays, if Steve Austin was going to be on Raw, we'd know weeks ahead of time. 
And that's how different this world is now, is the fact that Steve Austin can just turn up almost on a whim. And they are so confident that people will watch regardless that they can reward with things like that. They don't need to use a Steve Austin appearance as a carrot to dangle to get the audience in. They can use it to keep the audience there, which they did all night, but they certainly don't need to do it to get people to the show. Well said, but I like the way that you say whim. Whim. Dr. Whim, medicine woman. On a whim. Cool whip. Cool whip. Irish whip. Irish whip. Anyway, Anyway, we've been talking a lot of this wonderful episode of SmackDown. This is the longest episode that we have ever done, by the way. Bloody hell, and it feels really good. Um, It was a lovely episode. Uh, Not quite as good as last week's, but you have to take our word for it. And it's set up... (laughs) Backlash 2000, perfectly, and one of the best pay-per-views of the year, so can't wait to do the watch-along. But at the end of the episode, I'd like to do a brief recap. What was something that you remember from this, Tom? Uh, From this, away from the obvious, which is obviously Stone Cold Steve Austin turning up and just uh, just being Stone Cold Steve Austin, Uh, the Light Heavyweight Championship match, Dean and Scotty Zuhotti, like, I remember the rematch here, and I remember there being a title change and being quite excited by it. I do remember that from this particular episode. And as, as, we, as we talked at length earlier on, this is some of the best times for the light heavyweight championship. How about, how about yourself? I remember Eddie Guerrero and China getting ready for the big prom. Because then they dress up, or they're dressed as that. But we'll get into that in a minute. But I remember the build-up, and he's like, oh, the, the prom, the prom. You know, it could be a bit awkward making that drive from El Paso all the way up to D.C. or wherever. <laughs> wherever the backlash is going to be, but uh, whatever, he'll, he'll figure it out, he's a professional. But what was something that you forgot? Uh, I forgot that... Um, what did I forget from this one? Because it's all pretty... I forgot this is the night that Shokishi was formed, kind of, sort of. The night that Rikishi oh. and Big Show finally put their, their heat to one side <laughs> and uh, begin the formation of a tag team. What about you? Lovely. I'm going to go with the hardcore title build and also the Matt and Jeff match because it was unexpectedly not necessarily good but just the effort they put in it was unexpectedly good <laughs> yeah unexpected <laughs> lot of effort and the fact that it was such a weird build because it, it's like well who's not booked okay they're all having a match at Backlash and that's how that went down I'm like is there anything more to that there were some Beanie Baby mentions, uh, but apart from that, no, mm. it's nearly exactly the same as WrestleMania 2000, which I did not recall until re-watching it. We are excited to bring you next week a Cultaholic Classic watch-along. It will be Yay. myself, Matthew Gregg, there he is there. That's me. And from the Cultaholic Classic Raw review, my other brother, Justin Henry. Us mm. three all get together. Oh, be nice! <sighs> Yay, I'll be there. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, all three of us will be together, and we are going to provide alternative commentary to possibly the best pay-per-view of this particular year, and that is saying something, because this is a heavy-laden year of great pay-per-views. Uh, but we are going to do alternative commentary for WWF Backlash 2000 next time. Uh, you are listening to this. You will hear that. Uh, this has been a mammoth episode, and it's a good return to form after the best of last week. <laughs> I think from now on, we should just say that last episode, that was the best episode we ever did. So every episode we do goes, what was the patch on that one? 
that, that's what we should do. So until then, until next time, he is at Matthew Gregg. I am at Tom Campbell. Together, we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. <gasps> Albert. Albert. <laughs> Albert, can you get me the playset of the Steve Austin deconstruction for kids? <laughs> As Albert, we I've used my 30-day trial on the Audible. <laughs> and I'll use yours. Love you, bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 